Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, that's my tribute to the Lord, to the one and the only Lord Jesus Christ. I give you praise, Heavenly Father. I thank you and I glorify you. For from my youth and up, even until now, the angel of your presence that fed me by the way, that led me, has never left me. Hallelujah. And I give you glory, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for the amazing journey that I've had with my wife. We started out by building our house on the rock. And it has withstood tempest, the storm, the rains. They have fallen. They beat upon the house, but the house stood because it was built upon the rock. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I thank you, and I give you praise and glory today in Jesus' name. Your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Emeka. So, all right. Well, I'm going to switch gears today. I am so excited to bring you the word today. We've been doing the, uh, you know, wisdom series. We've been doing the pillars, the seven pillars of wisdom, you know, and Today is the last, the seventh of the seven pillars, but after this, one more time, I will do, I won't have time to do it today, uh, but after this, I'm going to do a summary. I'm going to bring all of the benefits, all of the pillars together, one more teaching. I will wrap it up. You know, but first, I want to take you through quickly James chapter 3 and verse 17. That was our memory verse four months ago or so. You know, because before we did this, before we started on the pillars, I first preached on the attributes of divine wisdom. Because I didn't want anybody to think that the wisdom we're going to be talking about here is fleshly wisdom. No, not fleshly wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is what? Stay with me. You don't have to memorize. I mean, you don't have to say it from memory. It's right on the screen. The wisdom that is above is what? It's first pure, then it's peaceable, and it is gentle. It is easy to be entreated. It is full of mercy and good fruit. It's without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, so there are seven attributes here, and some people think that maybe this may be the seven pillars. No, that the seven attributes of divine wisdom. But the seven pillars, what we have been talking about. We started out, of course, with the fear of the Lord. You know, that one alone by itself. I mean, you can teach it for months just by itself. That's so many benefits just by itself. I mean, fear of the Lord, Psalms 34 and verse 7. Angel of the Lord will encamp around you when you have the fear of the Lord. Even healing, you know, Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. Says unto you that fear my name. Hallelujah. Somebody still with me? Come on, say hallelujah. Unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wing. <laughs> and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the storm. I mean, so many benefits that we covered. Then we moved on, you know, from there into prudence. And it's amazing. We talked about, you know, all the various things that. Prudence will help you uh, fix up your life, you know. Prudence concerning your relationships, prudence concerning even your life, you know, and to keep you from danger. Uh, prudence concerning, you know, all things. 
your health, and all that. We went into knowledge, talked about education, and so on and so forth. Talked about, we've talked about, you know, even counsel. Oh my goodness. We talked about understanding. We've talked about, you know, we talked about understanding. We talked about foresight. I mean, uh, hindsight, insight, foresight, all these things. We've talked about these questions. And I gave you an acronym. You know, you can make your own acronym. You know, I love acronyms. It helps me to remember things, you know. So, you know, we talked about, you know, the, um, you know, an acronym that you can use to remember, you know, these seven pillars, you know. And I said, well, you know, there used to be, I don't know whether they still have, have it, there used to be a uh, radio station here in Phoenix, Arizona called KUPD. And I said, well, KUPD, CSF. <laughs> You know, so K for knowledge, P for prudence, U for understanding, D for discretion, C for counsel, S for sound judgment, and F for fear of the Lord. You know, it's not necessarily in that order. It just helps you to remember it. So today, this is the last of the seven pillars, and today I am talking on sound judgment. Somebody say sound judgment. And if you are new to the series, the way I'm doing it is, you know, I will give how... We define it as a pillar of wisdom, and I will give certain definitions, some of them from the dictionary, some of them from the Holy Spirit, and I just put it together, you know, and I will talk about, I will give some scriptures, give some examples, then we come and look at benefits of this pillar, and at the end, you know, we actually make a prayer. But today, you know, we're going to be making a prayer for all of the pillars. We have time. We're definitely going to be praying about this one. Remember what we said at the beginning. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. Wisdom has built a house. She has turned out her seven pillars. And we jumped to Roman, I mean, uh, jump backwards to Proverbs 8, verses 12 to 14. We see some of the pillars there. I'm going to talk about it. But the thing that I wanted to tell you, to remind you of the, the, the reason for this teaching is I gave you the illustration of a house, like it says in Proverbs 9. The house is supported by the pillars. And, you know, when you begin to see cracks in the house, you know, when the house begins to shift, probably because of the foundation. But when you begin to see cracks, it's probably because of the pillars. You know, so the pillars, you know, if they're not setting just right and holding, sometimes they call them load-bearing columns. They're not holding the house just right. You begin to see cracks in the house. So there's a lot of cracks in our lives, you know, that these pillars, when set just right and we put the applications right, will help us to fix up those cracks. Amen. Now, together, all those seven pillars are called the strength of wisdom. All of them together. Now, strength is not one of them, but all of them together, strength to the house. You know, need all those pillars to hold up the house. So today, the pillar that is called sound judgment. It is a pillar of wisdom. Sometimes. 
King James, other translations, you may call it sound wisdom. But you can't use wisdom to define wisdom. You know, so you know, I call it sound judgment. So we're going to be talking about it. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 14. You know, let's look at that. And then we're going to read through these scriptures. The counsel is mine. You know, because you remember, that's from verse 12. It says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and so on and so forth. You know, covered all of that. And I said, counsel is mine. Here it says, I am found wisdom. I call it sound judgment. So this is sound judgment. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, you know, scripture calls it sound wisdom in some places. We've already covered the attributes of, of wisdom. Go back to James 3 and look at it. You know, this, this last wi wisdom pillar encompasses all of the other pillars that we have been talking about. That's why I saved it for the last. It encompasses all the other pillars. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 7. It talks about laying up sound wisdom. Well, again, that's called sound judgment in my book. You know, let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. I'm going to try to go through these things very quickly. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 says, My son, let not these words, and talking about the words that he's giving him, keep them in your heart and so forth. Let them not depart from your eyes. You know, keep sound judgment and discretion. Talked about discretion last time. You know, sometimes it's even called a sound mind. And I'm going to give you, uh, you know, some definitions in a minute. You see why I even relate it to sound mind. You know, sound mind. You got to have a sound mind. You know, uh, the book of Timothy, chapter 2, verses one, verse 1 and 7 tells us, you know, God has not given us a spirit of, of fear and all of this. But he has given us a spirit of power, you know, spirit of love. And a sound mind. Can you put up Second Timothy chapter one verse seven? Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. Second Timothy, not first Timothy. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, this sound mind here is also you know the only reason, you, the only way you can have sound mind. You got to have sound judgment, which is what we're talking about today. Now, let me give you some definitions. And some of these definitions, it, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. Some taken from the dictionary. Some given to me by the Holy Ghost. Some from my thinking. Put it all together, you know, and I give you these definitions. So, let's see. Okay. Sound judgment. Number one. Some definitions. It is the quality of having experience. Understanding, knowledge, discernment, and exercising discretion, counsel, and good judgment. My, I mean, that is just so loaded. You know, let me read that to you again. It's the quality of having, you know, experience, understanding, knowledge, discernment, and exercising discretion, counsel, you know, good 
you know, quality of make good decision making or good sound judgment. It is also the quality of having understanding concerning a matter or a situation and of being able to use hindsight. Remember, we talked about that before. Covered understanding, covered hindsight, insight, and foresight. The quality of him able to use hindsight as well as showing insight, you know, into the present and having a demonstration of foresight concerning the things of the future. I mean, it's just so loaded. I mean, sound judgment covers all of these things. Now, it is the ability to objectively assess situations or circumstances using all of the relevant information that's available. And then I put this. That part was from a dictionary. And I put this. Grounded in facts and or applying past experience in order to come to a conclusion or to make a decision. I mean, you can see, I mean, this, it's a mouthful already just to even try to define sound judgment. It's a mouthful. Let's look at some examples. I'm going to make it quick. The book of 1 Kings chapter 3, there is a story in verses 17 to about 28. 1 Kings 3 from verses 16 to about 28. I'm not going to read the story. You can read on your own, but I give it for reference. You know, so there were the two women, you know, who, you know, the Bible actually called them halot, but they came unto the king. Each one of them had a child. And uh, so as the story went, you know, what was the story? Anybody know the story? What was the story? Let's make it like a Bible study. What was the story? Okay. So the baby died. One of them overlaid the baby during the sleep, right? So the baby died. In the night, she quietly woke up, switched the babies around. <laughs> you know. So now the one that had the real living child woke up in the morning and when he considered, he said, When I had considered the thing, this, this is not my child. <laughs> you know. And he said, Why did you? And then they said, No, it's my child. No, it's not my child. You know. So finally, brought it before the king. And you know, in those days, kings also used to sit on the brought it to the king and so the king after listening to them back and forth back and forth back and forth you know the king was also using discernment you know he was gathering all the facts you know he was going to make his decision grounded on facts but also going to use you know understanding going to use insight into the matter so he listened to the story, and then he said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Since you say it's your child, and the other one says it's my child, and so forth, what are we going to do for one child? How do we, what are we going to do one child among two women? Bring me a sword. <laughs> Let's divide the child into two, 
give one to this woman. And get, that sounds like a pretty good thing to say when it's not a child, you know. You're just fighting over something. Okay, divide it. You know, you know how kids are, hey, share with your brother now. Share with your, you know, when you're doing that. But how can you divide a child? It's or two. But he said that anyway. And the one whose child it was not, you know, said, yes, go ahead and divide it. <laughs> Let it neither be mine or hers. Just divide the thing into two. How can you divide a child? The other one, her bowels yearned within her. And she lamented and said, oh, kid, stay your hand. Give the child to the woman. But do not even touch the child. Just give it to her. <laughs> and the king said, yes. <laughs> now I know who the mother is. Hallelujah. <laughs> because no real mother will agree to divide the child. So that sound judgment. Gather the facts, analyze the situation, use insight, use discretion, use discernment. It's all packed together. And it come out with something. And when the people say, oh my goodness, we have never seen wisdom like this. And then his fame began to go, you know, all around the world. <laughs> all right. So this story I have told you in this series more than once. But I want to tell it again today. This is the story in Matthew chapter 25. This is the story of the parable of the five wise and the five foolish virgins. Matthew 25. Jesus began to say, kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins that took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And Five of them were wise. They took you know, extra oil with their lamps. The other were foolish. They did not take any extra oil. And so on and so forth. You know, and because the bridegroom tarried long, all of them slumbered and slept. And at some point in time, when somebody said, there was a shout, hey, the bridegroom is coming now. Everybody, lamp trimming time, lamp trimming time. Crank up that wig, cut off the wig, crank it up. The foolish virgins found out that oil in the reservoir, many of us are from Africa, we have these kerosene lamps, the oil in the reservoir had dried. For all of them, actually, but these other ones that were wise took extra oil. You know, so, and I said this, and I'm going to say it again today. <laughs> you know, culturally and traditionally, we have thought that the foolish virgins were foolish because they didn't take oil. And we have thought that the wise virgins were wise because they took oil. But let me present it to you this way. The wise virgins took extra oil because they were wise. It wasn't the fact, it wasn't their taking extra oil that made them wise. They were already wise. They already had foresight that this journey might be long. So, you know, because of all the attributes of wisdom that was, in, that was already in them, the attributes were in them, it made them to make a wise decision and plan for the future. So it wasn't that decision that made, that made them wise. <laughs> you know, they were already wise. And because of their wisdom, their behavior was exhibiting sound judgment and also, you know, in preparing 
foresight for preparing for the future. Now, these ones, you know, were, you know, it's not one single act that defines whether you are wise or foolish. So it wasn't the taking of the extra oil or not that defined whether they were wise or not wise. You know, but they were either already wise, which made them to know that they needed to take extra oil, or they were already foolish, you know, which they don't, they can't think of tomorrow. They, all they just think about is today. Those people are classified as foolish. They're foolish because they cannot plan for the future. And that's why they didn't know to plan extra oil. They did not have sound judgment. They could not, you know, analyze the situation and say that, look, the journey that we're about to take might actually take longer than this oil that's in the reservoir of the land. Maybe we need to take some extra oil. So finally, you know, when they realized that their lamps had gone out, everybody's lamps went out. But the others, because they were wise, were prepared. So when they realized that their lamps had gone out, they came to the wise and said, give us of your oil because our lamps have gone out. And somebody say, amen. The lamps have gone out. Give us of oil. Now, listen to this. I've said this at least once or twice in this series. There are certain times, and listen to me and listen well. There are certain times that you must use sound judgment in order to say no. Hello? Some people don't know how to say no. And they end up in all kinds of problems. You don't know how to say no to people, your family, that are trying to siphon you dry. <laughs> because you are in America, you know, then you're going to, they're going to tell you, you know, send us this. After you finish sending that one, they're going to tell you again. After you finish, they're going to tell you again. Or they may not even be in Africa. They may not be anywhere. They may even be people. They may be people. <laughs> you know? There are some people, and I've covered this when I covered prudence. There are some people that are users. They don't care anything about you, but they're going to suck you dry. <laughs> they're like leeches. You, know? you don't want that. You know? So there are times you have to use wisdom. Even in giving, you have to use wisdom. Now, who told this story? Who told this parable? Hello? Who told this parable that we are reading here? I can't hear you. Did I tell the parable from the, am I the one that told it? Jesus told this parable. And there are people today that will tell you, you don't have love when you say no. But Jesus is the one that told the parable. Jesus told it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, there are times to say yes, and there are times to say no. You have to use sound judgment and prudence to analyze the situation. You know, and don't kill yourself because of somebody else. <laughs> Praise God. Now, there may be times you have to lay down your life. We understand that. But I'm talking about using sound judgment in certain areas, especially when it comes to finances. You know, I know somebody, you know, a dear brother many years ago that I knew. I mean, he will give out everything that he had. It was good. To some extent, but no, it wasn't good, <laughs> you know, because, you know, when his day of need came, he had nothing and nobody came to his rescue. You know, when his father died, he had no money to bury. He had given out everything, always giving everything out and so forth. Well, yeah, give everything out. That's good. 
Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. <laughs> it says, love your neighbor more than yourself. Amen. Hello. Love your neighbor as yourself. He say, love your neighbor more than yourself. And somebody is saying, I'm catching that in the spirit now. Somebody is saying, but in honor, prepare one another. No. You have to use sound judgment and sound wisdom. There is a time for everything. Now, and you young people, you got to learn how to say no. You know, there was this commercial, I hated that commercial. Years ago from Nike, that just say, just do it. Do what? <laughs> Don't just do it. You know, what about just say no? Hallelujah. Just say no. The Bible says, you young folks, when sinners entice you, say no. Amen? Say no. You have to know how to say no. Don't just do it. <laughs> and we will say follow your heart. That is the worst thing that you can do is to follow your heart. Because the heart is wicked. Desperately wicked and desperately deceitful. Don't follow your heart. Follow the word of God. Amen. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you follow your heart. That is nonsense. Follow the word of God. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And your heart will deceive you. So don't follow your heart. <laughs> follow the word of God. And follow sound judgment. Follow words of sound advice. Giving you today. Now, I'm not saying be tight-fisted. Oh, no, no, no. Proverbs chapter 25. You know, I mean, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. Let's read that one quickly. Proverbs 11, verse 25. The liberal soul shall be done what? <laughs> shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered himself again. So we're not telling you to be tight-fisted. I'm just saying that he that is, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 tells you the whole story. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You've got to be led in everything you do. Led by God, even in your giving. Don't give away everything you have. I was on this app called Clubhouse some months ago, about a year ago, when I first joined. I was a young lady. I went into one of these rooms where they are prophesying over them and collecting all their money. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> freely you have received, freely you give. You guys better watch out. If anybody ever wants to sell you a prophecy, get out of there real fast. Amen. <laughs> you can't sell prophecy. Praise God. But they've made merchandise of these gifts. You know, they may have a real gift. You know, but when the moment they try to use it to control people, it turns into witchcraft. And they don't even know it. <laughs> you know, and so they go in there and they're prophesying, prophesying over everybody and selling money to them. And they, you know, they have to tell you, you know, if you want this kind of miracle, right? You have to put down this kind of money. <laughs> if you really want a real miracle, you have to put five. I mean, it's like an auction. Have you guys ever been to an auction? I mean, auctioning off the prayers, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so this young lady, I don't know whether it was one of those rooms, but she was foolish enough, gave up everything that she had. And then when she had nothing left, she began to be in want. 
And then she came into this other room that I was in and started to, <laughs> decided to tell her story. That's how I found out about it. I'm like, why in the world would you do that? You know, and now everybody has to be scrambling to help her pay her rent. <laughs> Is that wisdom? Hello? Is that wisdom? Look, don't let anybody ever tell you that, you know, <laughs> give all your money away, you know, so that God will bless you. That's nonsense. Praise God. When God has blessed you, then you come and give. Hallelujah. It's not the other way around, though. One day I will teach on real giving. You know, but we don't talk about it much in the church here because, you know, we're not about that. But <laughs> don't let anybody tell you that, first of all, you have to, you can't buy anything from God. Praise the Lord. You cannot. You know, so out of the abundance of what God has given you, that's how the psalmist prayed. He said, Oh, thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thine is the greatness. Thine is the power. For thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from thee, O Lord. And in thy hand is power and might, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand it is to give strength and to make great and to give strength unto all. You know, and I thank you, you know, even Solomon, all of these people pray like that. That, you know, you know thank you for giving such a, an abundant heart to your people to give so willingly. You know, who are we that we should give willingly after this stuff? You know, so they give. it's a great thing to give willingly. Look, I am a giver. I don't need to blow my own horn. So don't say, you know, Pastor told you not to give. <laughs> I give. You know, it's like Paul said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Well, I'm not going to say it exactly like that, but I give. You know, so don't worry about that one. But you've got to use wisdom. Praise the Lord. And somebody will say, well, what about the widow of Seraphah? You know, whom Elijah, the prophet, said to her, but, you know, I mean, she said, Elijah said, you know, bring me something to drink. And as she's going, Elijah said to her, and as, you know, as you, why are you doing that? Give me some, get me something to eat as well. <laughs> and the woman says, well, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have nothing, in, you know, other than just this cup of flour, a little oil, and I'm going to gather a couple of sticks here. I'm going to go bake a cake. My son and I are going to eat it, and we're going to die. This is our last meal. <laughs> and Elijah said, nobody is dying today. Amen. You, know, you say, well, what about that? But Elijah said, well, but remember, Elijah also said, you have to read it yourself. He said, go and do as you have said. But Bring me first, you know, a cake. You know, go and do as you have said. Go and bake for your son and so forth. But when you bake, bring me something. <laughs> and then, thus saith the Lord. The oil, barrel of oil. Hallelujah. The cruise of oil will not fail. The barrel of meal will not wait. Because it's thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. You know. So she went and did as she was going to do. But she brought the man of God, you know, something. You know, and uh, so don't say, oh, you know, Elijah made her give her last thing. No, Elijah said, go do as you have said. Bring me something, you know. So, now, you know, so use wisdom. Wisdom is justified of her children. Hallelujah. Use wisdom, you know, use wisdom. Now, some people don't even use, they don't have sound judgment when they go into prudence. 
I mean, into business. We talked about this when we covered prudence. You know, you want to go into business? Because some people just say, the Lord is moving upon me. What does that mean? <laughs> you need to go and sit down and learn the trade. You have no idea what the thing is. You're just going to go jump into business, and then you are going to make shipwreck. That simple. You know, first, you go and learn the trade. Hallelujah. <laughs> you learn the trade, you know. And remember when I was talking about prudence, I talked about how you develop your, how many of you know when I say how, how to develop your talent into a skill? People remember that. You know, many people have a talent. You have a talent. You just, you find out I just know how to play music. Just know it. It's a talent. <laughs> or you just find out that you can draw. It's a talent. But you have to develop it into a skill. Hello? <laughs> you know, you develop it into a skill. And what do you take, what do you, what do you take that skill to do? You take that skill and develop it into competence. Until you become very competent at the thing. You know, so, you know, if it is, if it is, you just find out you can play the piano, then you develop into a skill. You practice, practice, practice. And all of a sudden, you develop into competence. <laughs> when you have developed into competence, you develop even more. You don't stop. You develop. We covered that when we covered knowledge. You develop it into even more into expertise. Right? Those are the stages. And after you have developed into expertise, you become what is known as an authority. Become an authority in the field. And then, all over the world, people are seeking you out. You know, you're not going to be an authority in anything if you don't even start with acquiring knowledge. Hallelujah. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we cover it. The writer said, look, I gave my heart to learn all things that are done underneath the sun. And sound judgment comes from learning as well. Remember some of the definitions we gave. You know, take experience, take all of this, so forth, and use it, you know, and all that. Okay, let me move on quickly here and give you a few more things. You know, you need to learn how to say no, especially, you know, when you are face of temptation, young folks, or anybody for that matter. You, know, you must learn how to say no. Now, Jesus said no to the devil. How many of you know Jesus said no to the devil? Hello? If you are the son of man, you know, once you are appeal to somebody's ego, you know, yeah, you know, the flesh takes over. So you are, you know, hey, you are the son of God now. You know, just do this stuff. You know, command the stones to be made bread. You know? Jesus had the power to command the stones to be made bread, but he's not going to do it for the devil. Amen. Amen. Don't use your gift or your talent for the devil. Say no to the devil. <laughs> and every time that people came to Jesus, show us a sign. <laughs> Moses did, they're always comparing Jesus to Moses. Moses did this thing. What did you do? Moses gave us manna from heaven. That this is it. Manna from heaven. That was no manner. <laughs> that was just the mercy drops from God, just because of, you know, God's mercy. This is a true bread that came down from heaven. That if a man eat of that bread, he will live forever. And they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. 
But they say, okay, show us a sign. You know, this sign. just said, no, I'm not showing you any sign. <laughs> but when he leaves that place, then he will go and heal the sick. And he will go and have compassion on those that are suffering. Because his, his, his business was not a show business. Anytime they asked him, show yourself. Even his disciples, they told him. I mean, even his brethren, his natural brethren. Read it in John chapter 7. When there was a feast, you know. His natural brethren, they said, look. Why are you hiding here? No man that wants to be known, <laughs> you know, will be in secret. Go and proclaim yourself openly. And Jesus said, no. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, I want to read that. John chapter 7. John, put it up for me. John chapter 7. We start at verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, and he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Verse 2. Let's read it through very quickly. Now, the Jews' feast of Tabernacles was at hand. His brethren, therefore, his brethren, that people that were born of his mother and Joseph. His brethren, therefore, said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judah, so that the disciples also may see the works that thou doest. <laughs> you know, for there is no man that doeth anything in secret and himself wants to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself openly. Why are you just in the corner? <laughs> Even the brethren did not even believe in him. Look at that under, under note there. For his brethren did not believe in him. And Jesus said, no. Amen. My time is not yet. But your time is always. You know, Jesus was not going to be moved by what anybody was telling him to do. Amen. He would only move when the father said it was time to move. You know. And the time, you know. And after they left, the Bible says, after they left, then Jesus went up to the feast <laughs> because then the father told him, it is time for you to go. And he went. And he didn't go to show himself. Show yourself. Advertise yourself. Do these things. Jesus said, no. <laughs> Praise God. You need to learn to say no. Yeah, don't let people appeal to your psyche, make you proud, and so forth. Learn to say no. Hallelujah. Jesus learned to say no. Now remember, also, you know, Whosoever you obey, Bible says, the servants you are whom you obey. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. So you have to learn to say no. Say no to sin, say no to unrighteousness. Amen. And say no to dissimulation. Dissimulation means the party spirit. You love this person because they are from your tribe. And you don't talk to this other person. Say no to that. Hallelujah. Praise God. God doesn't have pleasure in those kind of things. Now, let me tell you this sound judgment. Let's begin to bring it home. I've got to wrap it up here in a few minutes. You know, the life that you are living today, cover that also. That's a result, most times, of some decisions that you have made. So use sound judgment because it's going to come back. Decisions you make will come back to you. The life you will live tomorrow, you know, might also be shaped by the decisions you are making today. Decisions of the past probably shaped you to where you are now. But even if they were poor decisions, well, you still have a choice to make the good decisions today. You have a choice to make sound decisions today that will position you for a better tomorrow. Hallelujah. And never say you don't have.
You always have a choice. Have a choice. It's a choice you already made that you are going to say that you don't have a choice. <laughs> so you always have a choice. Now, choices may not always be black and white, white and gray, or whatever, you know, but you always have a choice. It may not always be binary, yes or no, but sometimes it is. You know, sometimes it's yes or no. Sometimes there are other things, not just yes or no, but you always have a choice. Now, let me tell you this also. You know, as long as you are make, still living today, you know, even if you had made poor choices in the past, even you say, well, you know, I wish I had made the right choice. I wish I had known about this in the past. That's okay. You know, learn from the past and make, start making right choices today. Amen. You know, we are not defined by our past. God doesn't deal with us by our past. Only the people that choose to not repent, even their sin, you know, but, you know, come to the Lord and ask for his help. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, you know. So you can still change the path tomorrow by decisions that you are making today. Those of you who are students, spend your time wisely. You know, when it's time for you to study <laughs> and your friends come and say, let's go hang out. Say no. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. You know, no, you don't have to just follow the crowd. Why? <laughs> you know, you are a unique individual. Just like your fingerprint. So unique. God has coded a plan for your life inside that fingerprint. Only the Holy Ghost that can decode it. Nobody else. You know, so don't let anybody, you know, don't just follow anybody. <laughs> you know, and when sinners entice you, and they try to tell you to come and smoke and do drugs and do some of that crazy stuff, say what? No. <laughs> Praise God. You got to learn to say no. It's actually a very simple word. I notice that even babies, they learn to say no very quickly. I say no. <laughs> you know, just learn to say no. Praise the Lord. You know, but say yes to Jesus. Amen. Say no to all these negative things, but always be sold out for Jesus. Hallelujah. That your life cannot, you know, I mean, your life cannot be accused of anything. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, listen to this. Don't spend time blaming anyone for your circumstances. This is very important. I want to bring this out. You know, part of sound judgment. When people don't use sound judgment, when they don't have sound judgment in their life, they'll be blaming somebody else. You want to know somebody who did not use sound judgment in his life and then was blaming somebody else? Blaming somebody else. You want to know him? Huh? His name is called Esau. Hello? Esau was his name. You can read his story in Genesis chapter 27. You can read verse 36. You can also read Genesis 25 verses 31 to 34. You know. So, you know, I mean, blaming everybody. Is his name now Jacob? He has supplanted me. This, all these times. Jacob may have supplanted you, but you are the one that sold your birthright. Amen. Hello? He made a decision to sell his birthright. One day, because, just because he was so hungry, <laughs> he sold his birthright. And, Joseph, and Jacob said to me, look, 
Sell me at this Jacob, my goodness. Man was wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, was true. I think that's the word I was looking for. I mean, talk about, you know, all the things that he could do. He could even, you know, by the inspiration of the Almighty. That's right. <laughs> you knew I was going to bring that in. By the inspiration of the Almighty, he could make the cattle come out any different color for his benefit. <laughs> all he had to do is just put his stick in front of them. Follow the stick a little bit, but the inspiration of the Almighty in his dream showed him that. And, you know, get all those things from the bank. You know, so. Why are you blaming Jacob when you are the one that sold your birthright? He sold his birthright. And then he turned around and he's blaming Jacob for it. He said, he took away my birthright. No, he did not take away your birthright. You sold your birthright. <laughs> so when I read this scripture, I said, Esau, Jacob did not steal anything from you. You sold your body. He put a gun to your head. All he did was say, hey, look. You know, it's a trade. Trade by barter, right? You want, you want, you know, some of these, my things, you know, to eat? All right, give me your, I mean, just imagine that. <laughs> sold his birthright. But after he cried bitterly wanting it, he couldn't get it. Scriptures will tell us that later. So don't spend all your life blaming somebody else. Because of the bad choices that you made, because he did not, you know, he did not use analysis, gather all the facts to know what birthright means, <laughs> you know. He didn't use do it. And then when he sold his birthright, now he was complaining. Blamed everybody else. No, don't blame anybody for bad choices that you make. Use sound judgment in the first place. Amen. Now, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. I mean, everybody blaming somebody. But these were choices they made. So I'm here to tell you today, don't be blaming anybody when you make the bad choices. Blame yourself. <laughs> Praise God. And some people are always blaming the devil for everything. The devil made me do it. The devil made you do it? What about the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Hallelujah. Where was your heart when the devil was making you do it? Because the Bible says that let no man say he's tempted of God. I even say, look, don't, don't say, even say the devil did. You know, you are tempted when you are of your own lost, drawn away. And lost, when it is finished, bring forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth what? Death. So stay away. Don't, don't blame the devil. <laughs> the devil is doing his thing. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's his job. And he's doing a good job at it. But Jesus is doing a greater job by giving life and that abundantly. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus didn't say the devil is not doing his thing. The devil is doing his thing. Jesus never bothers about what others are doing. Jesus didn't care about the storm. The storm is going to do his thing. He's going to rock the boat and all of that. That's fine. The storm will do its thing. But I'm going to have a good rest. Hallelujah. Because my heart is stayed on the Lord. I will keep in perfect peace. Psalm Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Whose mind stayed on thee. Your mind is stayed on the Lord. You are not going to be afraid of tidings of storm. Tidings of tempest. You are not going to be running helter-skelter. 
Because your mind is stayed on the Lord. Hallelujah. So, don't be like Genesis 3 verses 12 to 13. When everybody is blaming everybody else. These were their own choices. So, they got to deal with it. <laughs> and when the Lord came, well, they dealt, he dealt with them the consequences they made. Now, let's finish this up real quickly. Here are some four important choices where you must use sound judgment in your life. Four of them. These are some of the most important decisions you have to make in your life. There are many, but I just point out these four. Number one, will you make Jesus Lord of your life? That's number one. We're not talking about Savior. <laughs> We're not talking about Savior. Everybody says, you know, we must be saved. We know that. I mean, you shall call his name Jesus because he shall save his people from their sin. But the Lord of your life. That means, are you, is he the one to whom you say yes? Because Lord means that he says and you do. Hallelujah. Got quiet in here. I say hallelujah. Jesus is Lord means he says and I do. That's it. End of story. Say if a man love me, let him keep my commandment. There's no negotiation about it. It's not. It, Jesus doesn't say and you say and he says and you say and we start to bargain. No. Jesus says and we do. Amen. Now, Holy Ghost in your life is the same as Jesus speaking to you. When Jesus, when Holy Ghost tells you, you do. End of story. Now, if you don't know how to know that it's Holy Ghost telling you, that's another topic for another day. But when the Holy Ghost tells you, you do. Praise God. Now, will you make Jesus Lord of your life? I'm not just talking to people here. And yes, I am talking to people here too. Because just because you come to church, doesn't mean that you have made Jesus Lord of your life. Everybody wants to be saved. I want you know, I want to be saved. So, but it's more than just being saved. Jesus is the king in the kingdom. And what he says goes. Hallelujah. And we are his ambassadors on earth. The ambassador cannot do whatever, cannot do anything other than what the home country says. That's it. If you are an ambassador of the United States in some you know, Asian country or whatever, even though they kidnap your family, you still have to say the United States does not negotiate with terrorists. Hallelujah. You cannot say otherwise because you're an ambassador of the United States. You have to say what the United States say. So, you're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. The king speaks and you do. That's it. You know, and there are some things that you must also reject when Christ is Lord of your life. First, we reject sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. Now, let me go quickly to this. There's also, you know, young people thinking some people are in marriage life. I mean, marriage age, thinking of who you're going to marry. It is so important. Hear it from somebody who's been married 46 years today. Hallelujah. So, I know a little or two about marriage. If you don't think so, 46 years and counting. <laughs> so, it's a very important decision. Don't want to be trifled with likely. No. I mean, some people say, oh, I fall in love. What does that even mean? You see somebody, that's just infatuation. 
You see somebody you don't know, and you're falling in love with them. <laughs> How can you fall in love with somebody you just see the first time? Get away from that stuff. Be grounded in facts. Amen? <laughs> you have not even done your research. <laughs> you don't even know what kind of spirit that person has. <laughs> That's because you see a beautiful lady. You don't know whether they have this kind of... I won't tell you those kind of spirits. <laughs> so, uh, so don't even go there. Look. Many people and the Holy Ghost will check them inside and say, don't do it. And they say, oh yeah, he will change. And then they go down to the altar and then when the guy gets you in the house, he will not change. He will even come out in full force. <laughs> that other prayer meeting you'll be going to, no more prayer meeting. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know, because you did not use sound judgment. There are so many marriages that are broken today because they did not use sound judgment. They did not gather all the facts and do their homework and, you know, let the Holy Ghost lead you. And they just jump into you. Oh, I love this person. I love, I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> Want to tell me what love is? It's 46 years of marriage. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's right. That's love. I told my wife and I told the Lord, I will never leave you. Not forsaken. Amen. <laughs> I thank God for the grace to do that. Now, two more things. What are you going to do with your life? Some people call it career. Some people call it this and that and so forth. You know, but I say, look, are you going to fulfill God's divine, I mean, the divine appointment for your life? Are you? Or you're going to try to be like Joe Blow or somebody else? <laughs> you cannot be like somebody else. You know, God's got your fingerprint, got the plan coded in there. You got to figure it out. If you need life coaching, we can help you with that too. But you got to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And even in career choices, you got to make the right choice. Okay? So, what career choices will you make? That's number four. What career choices will you make? This may even impact your ability. If you make the wrong career choice, it may even impact your ability fulfill your divine assignment. You know, even if you make the wrong career choice. So, Daniel and his companions, they said, we will not eat of the king's dainty meats. They made that decision. You know, and they turned out to be ten times better. You can read Daniel chapter 1, verses 8, verses 13 to 14, and verses 19 to 20. That story is in there. They made a decision. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to corrupt our bodies with all this stuff. You know, we're going to stay with stuff that we know that works. So you got to make sound judgment. Some people can't even make the right. We talk about this during prudence. You can't make the right judgment concerning your health. File all these things into your body and so forth, and then you start praying. <laughs> There's a lot of prayers that are not necessary if you just use wisdom in the first place. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they made a choice when they were facing penalty of death. Made a choice. They said, we're not going to bow down. Hallelujah. It's a choice. We know our God is able to save us. And even if he chooses not to, but we know he's able to save us. So you must always know that God is able to deliver you. Hallelujah. That part is non-negotiable. Our God is able to deliver us. End of story. We know that. It's not maybe he will. He is able to deliver us. Now, 
If for whatever reason, best known to him, God, he chooses not to, we still will not bow. Hallelujah. But he is able. And God told him, yes, I am able. And when you pass through the waters and the fire, I will be with you. And he was right there with them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, Joseph made a choice to not to yield to the temptations of the adulteress, you know, and the seductress woman, the wife of, anybody know? Wife of who? Bodifa. All right. So, studying and meditating on the word of God will help you develop sound judgment. Now, I'm going to wrap it up in the next three or four minutes. I'll just go through this very, very quickly, you know. Some of the benefits. It gives you life to your soul and grace to your neck. Proverbs 3 verses 21 to 22. You'll have to catch this on the replay or go to the, what do you call it, website later. Because I'm going to read very quickly. I'm not going to stop to read on. It'll give you safety in the way. Your foot will not stumble. This is sound judgment. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 22. It'll keep you even, you know, from... Fear, the fear that people have in the world. To keep you from the destruction of the wicked when it comes. Your sleep will be sweet. All of this is found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 24 to 26. You know, this sound judgment encompasses all the other pillars. As you can read in Proverbs 8, verses 12 to 14. It will bring you to honor and to promotion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4, verses 7 to 9. It will bring you to honor and to promotion. Right there. I don't have time to stop and read everyone. It will preserve your life from evil. You know, it will cause your house to be filled with good things. These are all the benefits of wisdom. They are wrapped up, all the pillars, they are wrapped up in sound judgment. You know, Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4, talks about, you know, wisdom, understanding, building the house, you know, knowledge, filling it with riches and all that, you know, and so on and so forth. Now, we, we got, went through that quickly, but I'm done. I'm looking at the time way past one hour from the time I started preaching. Remember, I did a little bit of celebration first, so that's why the time is very late. All right, so we are here, and we are going to pray. Praise the Lord. We are going to pray now concerning, you've been hearing it now, not seven straight weeks because we took gaps, other preachers preaching and so forth. But it's been like three months or so that I've been doing this. You know. And finally, this is number seven, sound judgment. So let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. The next time, by the grace of God, I will do the um, a summary of everything. And I will focus more on the benefits. Focus more on the benefits of each of these pillars. You know, as a refresher. And then we're going to close that series. When I, after that series, we'll have something powerful. Different than this. Very, very powerful. Alright. Here's the prayer that we're going to pray. We know that pillar... I mean, sound judgment is a pillar of wisdom. We know that it encompasses all the seven pillars. And we know that these pillars are needed when they are solid to help, you know, fix the cracks in the building. And so all the areas in our life that are, have cracks, 
these pillars, if you use these pillars right, you know, help. You know, so if you have faith, and uh, even though I've been talking about wisdom and so forth for several months now, some of you know that my theme is about faith. You know, so I preach faith sideways, upside down, backwards, any which way you want. You know, so if you have faith, no matter what situation you get into, you fall into the ditch with your faith, God will pull you out. Hallelujah. But if you use sound judgment, wisdom, and discretion, and prudence, you will not fall into that ditch in the first place. You know, so, save a lot of hours of prayer. Fasting and prayer. Fasting is good. <laughs> fast all the time, my wife will tell you. But, you know, that's it. I don't fast for things that I should use wisdom for. <laughs> that's not what I fast about. <laughs> you know, you use wisdom when you should use wisdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't be fasting and praying about things that you should use wisdom about. You know, so that's what we've been teaching in this. So those are all the things I want you to pray about. I want you to pray and say, Lord, give me this pillar of sound judgment. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Pray. You've heard so much in this series. Pray. Remember, if any man lack wisdom, <laughs> let him ask of God. And God will give you and God will not withhold. And the Bible says that with him, there is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. God does not have mood swing. And one day he will give, say yes, the next day he will say no. Not like that. You know, he will give you. Hallelujah, if you ask of him. You know, promises are ye in Christ. And in him, amen. Pray that the Lord will give you this wisdom to help seal up all the cracks in your life. Hallelujah. Take a minute or two. I pray about that. We spent a lot of time uh, trying to bring this word. Sometimes it wasn't the most pleasant thing that people wanted to hear, but it was a needful thing. You needed to hear it. You know, so, and I will now give account you know, to the Lord for this teaching because I believe I have delivered it as he gave it to me. I spent a lot of time Preparing it, teaching it. Now, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Give me this pillar of wisdom. Indeed, give me all the pillars of wisdom. To help fix up all the cracks in my life. Let my life be founded on the fear of the Lord. Help me to exercise good prudence in all my affairs. Teach me knowledge from the Lord. Help me to give my heart to knowledge. And to seek out understanding. Help me to use sound counsel. Even as your word has said, counsel is hidden, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Help me to draw it out in Jesus' name. Help me to use insight. Use hindsight to learn from things in the past. And foresight to see my visions come true. Hallelujah. Help me to exercise discretion. And help me, Lord, to use sound judgment in Jesus' name. Amen.
And remember, look from the place where you are, eastward, southward, northward, anywhere, all directions. But all that you see, what I will give, saith the Lord. That's why he told Abraham. So you got to see it. Hallelujah. And wisdom justified of our children. The Lord bless every one of you as you apply these pillars in your life. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen.